listening to the Park Rush podcast. This is a Thing Park podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me right here in the same room. It's Josh. Hello there, Tom. Hello. Can you believe it? No, I can't. No, oh. this is this is weird, to be honest. I, not having to wait. I think it's going to take a while for me to get used to not having to wait a couple seconds just to be sure that you're not about to say something anymore. Yeah. I can just look at you. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a different place myself now. I, I, I settled into a routine, a podcast routine that I'm now having to get out of and settle back into the old way of doing things. And of yeah, course, we are, we are in the studio again now this week, two weeks running. Yeah, it's now, can it's, you believe it? It's the new, the old normal, the new normal. Yeah, I thought for a moment uh, when you messaged saying you'd forgot on your microphone that we might not be in the studio because uh, I hadn't read the whole message. Right. Uh, but I was like, oh, is, is that it? We've, d- we've done one in the studio. It's over. <laughs> but no, the streak continues. The streak does continue. For how long, we'll have to wait and see. The uh, the odds would suggest that we're pro- one of us will get pinged at some point soon. It feels like people are getting pinged like flies. The odds yeah. are stacked against. If I'm going to get pinged, I reckon it could well happen yeah. in the next few days. Yeah. If, I get, if I'm clear in the next few days, I'm probably all right. <laughs> and we're social distancing again. there you're listening to the park crush podcast this is a theme park podcast i'm tom joining me as ever is josh H- hello there tom can you hear me coming to you over the uh, airwaves uh, once again it, it, it wasn't supposed to be this way <laughs> we'll get through it the somehow dis- the days of discord are counting down of having multiple tracks to line up in the edit suite it was all supposed to be behind us, Josh. And then you had to sit too close to some people talking too loud in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I appreciate that he's got his issues, but ultimately we part with Abby because occasionally he'll drive us. <laughs> so there's no way to talk about him on a podcast. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, yes, that's right. Listeners, hello. We're remote again. What, what did we do? We did two. We got the new normal. The old normal yeah. was the new normal for a grand total of two weeks. And now the old, now the new normal that became, we hoped, the old normal is once again the new normal. I think that's where we're at. Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. The new normal 2.0. Yeah. I mean, what I just tried to explain there didn't sound far off at an actual minister trying to uh, explain COVID policy to the public. So, you know, yes. uh, it's basically you're in, you're out, you shake it all about. That's what I understand the traffic light system to be at this point. France yeah, that, are now shake it all about. They're to neither. Me, to be fair, they are, <laughs> the traffic light system, the countries are changing as quickly as traffic lights do. Not the ones at Shepherd's Lane down the road, Josh. Those take a long time. When you're waiting, they take too long. And then when you're the one that's trying to get through the green light, they change too quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I've been I've been pinged. I'm a victim of uh, got the pingdemic. That's what people are calling pingdemic. this. That is a two point hospital uh, illness right there. Is it actually, or are you just suggesting? No, that, it's pretty that close. It there is one called the pandemic where they all have you, pans I, on I, their heads. That's pretty good. But yeah, this uh, contact tracing app that we're all supposed to use to uh, keep us informed of when we might have come into close contact with someone who has COVID has uh, told me that I need to isolate for uh, about another six more days here. So good thing I don't have any friends. Life hasn't really (laughs) changed. I'm here all alone. It's just you, Star Wars. This is the way. Basically, yeah, basically. But uh, no, I, I'm fine. And uh, as Mr. Ben rightly pointed out on Twitter, I, uh, I am at least going to be okay for the release of Jungle Cruise at the end oh, of the month. Yeah. Well, as well as I can be. I mean, I'm fully expecting just about everyone to have tested positive for COVID by then, based on how yeah. things are going here on Plague Island. Um, it sounds like we uh, might have dodged a bullet, though, with uh, Space Jam 2. Well... 
you say that uh but we're still gonna go see there's it. part of me that's morbidly curious yeah exactly yeah. exactly that's that that's space jam 2 for another day i've heard people describe it basically as just one massive giant ad as though that's an enormous complaint and i'm like did you watch Space Jam 1? Are you just are you pretending to like Space Jam? Because holding it's a big ad against Space Jam 2 seems like a strange thing to do, unless you're consistent and also do it to Space Jam 1, which is also just a massive ad yeah. for this... Michael Jordan and Nike. I hadn't seen any like stuff for Space Jam 2 until we was at the cinema the other day, the other week, and there's like... In the trailer the iron giant was in the trailer i was like hang on wait what how's this work yeah it's yeah it's like ready player one but instead of going to war i assume they're gonna just play basketball yeah i guess like the iron giant mm. seems like someone you'd want on your team i guess so yeah he's, uh, he's a, he'd but... be a strong uh defensive player put a lot of blocks in for you um you'd think so you'd, you'd probably back him yeah he'd be very uh noble as well you know mm. like he'd, he'd sacrifice himself for the good, the good of the team he's a, he's a good character the a and j and everyone needs an a and j in the team gary he's uh, well, i feel like someone would try and dunk and he'd like reject him and then he'd laugh in their face <laughs> he's very yeah like, i reckon he's got dark rule. i reckon he's got dark side yeah 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 you yeah. won't be afraid uh, to uh, 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 uh. Uh, I hope you're right there, Josh. Uh, that may well have been some interference. It's been a few weeks since I've done remote recording. Yeah, so I've, I don't know what that was. The slight delay, you know, the weirdness of uh, over-the-air audio sometimes. I think that was just what that was kicking in. Yeah, the heat of the studio. The heat of the studio, my God. Yeah, as someone who's been uh, working from home as of recording today uh, since the uh, small hours on what I think is at least for some parts of the UK, the hottest day of the year so far. It's been brutal in here. It wasn't too bad, actually, while I was working, but weirdly enough, it feels to me anyway that in the hours since I've finished work and been out of the bedroom, uh, it's now got hotter in here since I've been away. <laughs> so I've come up here to do the podcast and almost out of spite, it is now 60 degrees in here yeah. or something. You forget me, will you, in the last four hours? Have some of this. Yeah, I, what I need is one of those big Coca-Cola branded uh, like aircon things that, oh. that are by the Men in Black ride at Universal. Just the thought of that right now. You know, this podcast say, is just oh, one oh. big advert. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It sure is. Well, Josh, if you want to be free of ads, why don't you sign up to our Patreon? Oh, God. I couldn't I don't even... Know. I couldn't do it to anyone to even ask them for money for this, you know? <laughs> Some no. people... And I'd, I'm too lazy such... to go to the effort of cutting out the crap parts for the people who pay. Right? So yeah, it's a lose-lose all round. The amount of people on Patreon have such disrespect for people. Like, oh, we put a podcast up every two weeks. Pay us loads of money, please. How about you jog on, mate? You've got other yeah. jobs that you do in this anyway. It's not like this is your only job. Yeah, the uh, you know podcasts used to just be people. I mean, sometimes podcasts were people's jobs. Yeah, and that's fine. But for a lot of people, it was just their hobby. And I don't necessarily want to pass judgment on people who want to you know do everything they can to extract a bit more income out of how they spend their time. It's tough out there for a lot of people. But yeah, there is something I've always found a little dirty about um, uh, you know already successful people in life going out and charging for uh, a podcast and this is not just me being bitter i would absolutely uh, even if this was the number one podcast in the world there's no way i'd charge for this absolutely no way i would charge for this i would definitely not charge I, for this if we were popular that's not something i would ever consider nothing we, would make me think to do that if we were all. popular enough to charge for this i would want I, I couldn't just charge for this, you know. We'd have to provide additional uh, value, I think, to be able to even consider charging. It's uh, we would uh, we'd set up a premium feed where you don't have to queue. Yes. You get the episode about. It says you get it an hour early. You actually get it about I don't know twenty eight <laughs> minutes early, something like that. It, it depends on how much you pay. How early you get it. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, right. Uh, how did we get onto this? Oh, yeah. Uh, remote recording. COVID is everywhere. Stay safe out there. And uh, it's a yeah, cruise it out seems there. an inevitability that if you're in the UK, you're going to get pinged at some point. <laughs> not me. So I'm still free. Well, not you, Josh. You're still ping free, but uh, it will get you. It'll get you when you least expect it. I don't know how I didn't get pinged when you got pinged. So No, that doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, it, it really doesn't. It doesn't really put much... Fa- and just for the record, in case it wasn't obvious, I'm absolutely fine. There's no symptoms of anything here. Yeah. Uh, I'm I guess not I, in a hospital bed right now. Exactly. Uh, people question, you know, has he lost his sense of taste? Those are some weird Star Wars slippers <laughs> no. he's got on. Yeah, he still supports is No, that's always been the case. Yeah. No taste has been lost because I didn't have any in the first place. And uh, other than that, I'm fine. So, I, don't know, I think you've lost some sense of taste. You've uh, now got an Arsenal season ticket, so yeah, that is true actually. But I just feel like if if I get an Arsenal season ticket, COVID can't hurt me anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> can't get any worse. Yeah, exactly. If I force rock bottom upon myself, everything everything else seems fine. Yeah, it's, it's that's like the attitude I'm taking to life. It's like if Eminem I can in endure, eight mile. yeah, exactly. I endure an hour and a half of Arsenal live every two weeks. Plus the commute on the other end where I just get to feel miserable <laughs> because of nerves and then because of what's actually happened. If I can get through that, then, you know, losing loved ones to a pandemic, that's easy street, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely easy street. So we're all good here. That's fine. Anyway, yeah, COVID is everywhere. It's impacting not just uh, everyday life here in the UK, but you know, I joked earlier about France. I don't know what's going on with France anymore. They were on our, they were on a list, which meant that I theoretically could go to France. I talked about this last week, I think, or the week before. Yeah. Obviously, all the testing was a bit of a, of a, of an issue that I would have had to do. But I could go to France without too much trouble. Now it's like I can't. I have to quarantine when I get home, even though I've had a couple of jabs because apparently whatever's going on there in terms of COVID is a major concern because they've got some variant uh, that it could be more vaccine uh, evasive. Although I have I have seen people suggest that that's not actually a, a problem in France itself, but in a sort of French territory somewhere. So it would be like us or it would be like France banning the UK tourists from coming because there's a lot of COVID in the Falklands. You know what I mean? So yeah, but that it's doesn't weird, feel right? confidence about the policy. It's weird because they've got like um like the island off of the South African coast, I guess it's not uh, off the African coast, and the uh French Guyana, is it maybe or something like that in oh, I can't remember what country it is now, in uh South America, even though they're not part of mainland France, they are officially part of the france state so they are technically part of the eu so um like they're not separate countries they're te- technically like whereas the falklands are a separate country that is under british rule they these other countries are considered technically official parts of france so right. um like it'd be like you know if manchester was an island sort of thing you know it's still dumb though right oh yeah it's still dumb like but <laughs> I guess if they're going to consider a, a foreign country in a different continent as part of their own country, they can all get treated the same. <laughs> this is the exact conversation that I reckon has gone on in the heart of government over the last day or two. <laughs> so, so, like, they're all up. sitting there scratching their head like, are we sure we should be doing this? And then some idiot has stood up and gone, look, if Manchester was an island. And they've all gone, oh, no, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're right. Good. <laughs> it's completely sound logic, mate. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I mean, I wouldn't complain if Manchester was an island. That means we could just sort of disown all the Manchester United fans. Not that most of them are from Manchester. Yeah, anyway, so I guess it like, would make a London would have to be an island. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think that through properly. Anyway, yeah, uh, we're not going to Disneyland Paris anymore. <laughs> Short-lived plans are now on fire. Uh, elsewhere, uh, I think you now also have to wear masks by law again in LA which I believe will affect some of the theme parks there as well uh, Not that's not just indoors and that's also not just if you are not vaccinated which was the case for a little while but it feels like Covid is um, mounting a comeback Josh yeah, Covid but, is back looks but, like Covid's back on the menu boys <laughs> but uh, when this podcast airs 
legally we no longer have to wear face masks, right? That's true. I've got one on right now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, as of release, I, uh, I guess I wouldn't need to wear one. Um, which is uh, so that just exposes the ridiculous nature of all of this even more. So I believe uh, if I uh, went to France, and also the other thing, by the way, so. Technically speaking, although I now have to quarantine, or I would now have to quarantine for 10 days upon returning from France if I went to Disneyland Paris, it's actually been made a little bit less of a hassle overall, you could argue, because France now don't require you to have tested negative before arrival if you've been double jabbed. I believe that is now the case. They are they have tightened the testing requirements in, in, a, in other ways. So if you're not vaccinated... That you now need to test negative within 24 hours of going to France, whereas before I think it was 72. Uh, but if right. you're double jabbed, they've they've dropped that requirement. So in a weird way, it has now become easier for me to go to France. But it's now coming on to I could go to France without too much trouble. I could spend plenty of time in France. Then I would have to go through two tests to officially be allowed back home. But during the final leg of my journey from you know the transit point. Well, let's say I got the Eurostar from the Eurostar to home. I wouldn't have to wear a mask anymore, Josh. There's this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, or well, you'd have to wear a mask until you came out of the tunnel in Folkestone, and then you could take it off. Is that? I don't know. I I think maybe I don't know. Eurostar might have their own rules yes. because basically everyone, if you didn't know, the government policy right now is oh I don't know, do what you like, you know, work it out for yourselves. <laughs> yeah, at this point. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't, you don't, you know. So, so take like, a uh, test, don't take a test. Get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. You know, die, I, don't die. It doesn't I matter believe anymore. whatever. On our local train service, uh, South Eastern, you won't have to wear a mask. But as soon as you go on the London Underground, you will have to wear a mask. Right. So Okay. Uh, because they are still requiring you wear a mask. Imagine being a superhero in this world. You'd be, you'd be having an absolute nightmare. <laughs> anyway. Imagine uh, being a tourist, stop that. Yeah, oh, it's just just a mess. Anyway, uh, we've rabbited on long enough. Uh, oh, one thing I will say, actually, Come on. Uh, weirdly enough, so uh, I am, for some reason, I, th- I, I pop in every now and then just to see what's going on. I'm still in the WhatsApp group for the Sunday League team that you still played for, Josh. Yes. Uh, and I, I haven't played for for about two years. Uh, but as I say, I'm still in the WhatsApp group. I've just had it on mute. Uh, but I don't know if this is still the case. I've just remuted it, actually, and I think it seems like it's changed. But for a while, it seems like you could only mute. When you muted a chat on WhatsApp, it asked you for how long you wanted to mute it for. And the options were quite limited. It was like an hour, eight hours, a day, or you know, a year or something. It didn't just let you just mute it indefinitely. And it turns out that yesterday was the day that the last time I muted it expired... And because of that, I found out that it is friend of the show Charlie's birthday. So sure happy is. birthday to yeah. uh, Charlie, happy who birthday, uh, Charlie. I think listens to this. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so it was his birthday yesterday. Uh, Friday. Oh, damn it. Um, but so it's oh. a couple of days behind. But yeah, he does listen to the show regularly. Well, there we are. Thought I'd get out of the way. And um, yeah, no Sea of Thieves update this week, by the way, in case you're wondering. We haven't played any more of that this week. Maybe we'll play a bit more. In the coming week, that Pirates of the Caribbean expansion. And so without further ado, I'm delighted to say that I have an opportunity for the first time in a few weeks to play the correspondence in general music. That was the correspondence in general music, which, it, which means it's time to read some correspondence in general, you can correspond with us in a general fashion by emailing podcast at parkrush.com, tweeting at Park Rush Podcast. You could shout out your bedroom window. You could send us a private WhatsApp. We've read straight up WhatsApps on the show <laughs> before. Uh, so, you know, the standards are incredibly low for corresponding with the Park Rush Podcast and having whatever you have to say read out on air. And with that in mind... <laughs> I've got a few tweets here to read out, and then Josh, I'm going to let you take this sort of chunkier one, which has an actual interesting question that, yeah, okay. that you have actually done some research for. Yeah. Just a couple bits, first of all. Uh, plenty of people tweeted me earlier in the week to say that I'd basically dodged a bullet by not being able to see Space Jam 2 because I've been pinged. So thanks for that. Uh, 
And then I've also uh, got one from Pastor John here, who was just following up on a discussion we had last week about VR attractions after talking about the ones that are coming to that Harry Potter World store in New York. Awesome. I think it was you, Josh, who was talking about one that had been in place somewhere at Disney Springs. Yeah, the, the Void, I believe it's called. The Void. Uh, John says he's pretty sure the void closed in 2020 because of poor sales and licensing issues. Shame. Uh, 2020, not a great year for VR, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, public VR didn't have a great image to begin with, I would argue. <laughs> no. Yeah. But yeah. Nightmare. Nightmare. Uh, and then I've got one here from, uh, what was this here? I think it must be from abroad. Uh, Joshua. Uh, uh, Joshua. Lorenze, perhaps. And he oh. asks, what's your favourite Sunday? Oh, this is a very good question. Yeah. Um, um, that's a, and it's, it sounds like the t- the guy from uh, Hot Fuzz, Tim Messenger. He, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Does, it, does an Eaton Mess qualify as a, as a Sunday? I, I've had an Eaton Mess in a kind of Sunday fashion before. Uh, I would say if you've had a Sunday, f- in a, an Eaton Mess... In a Sunday glass, I think that counts. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but I mean, would you therefore argue that you just put any old thing in a Sunday glass and you've got a Sunday on your hands? Is that, is that the problem oh, here? I'm, have I, I just mean, blown this f- question apart? I think so, yeah. I think fundamentally you have, yeah. Damn it. Okay. Well, put it this way. The best Sunday I've had in recent memory was an eaten mess in a Sunday glass. <laughs> 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 it was very good. Uh, for people that don't know, an eaten mess, uh, sometimes known as a Boris Johnson, is basically this uh, sort of crushed up meringues, which are this, uh, uh, I guess, seen as a fairly posh British dessert item. Weirdly, for uh, some reason. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why, but it seems like they've got that kind of public image. Vanilla ice cream, fresh strawberries, normally cut up pretty fine, some yeah. whipped cream. Uh, you sometimes have, as well as meringues being kind of the base of your mess, uh, sometimes you might also get uh, some meringue sort of crumbled on top of Ooh. the cream, which is a, a nice additional touch. Yeah, now, I, I must say, I don't know if the eaten mess is a thing in America, if it's perhaps available in certain chains, maybe even at Epcot, who knows? But uh, if it's not, and you ever find yourself here on Plague Island, then do <laughs> seek out an eaten mess. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, uh, not, not the one in Downing Street, I'd steer clear of there, especially at the moment. That okay. is where that is the place to go if you want COVID. By the Sanchez sounds of got it, it right? he's, he's got, got it, it now. Yep, our health secretary, yeah. no less, the man who's told us it's all safe to go outside. It's a stipulation of the job. It's a st- <laughs> yeah, it's it's a job requirement to, for the health secretary to get COVID to prove that you can continue a healthy way of life despite having had it. It probably uh, was, you know, because the health secretary he replaced also had covid yes so uh, it was one of the first in fact he was a tr- real trendsetter i remember mm. i was at work when that came out it must have been late march 2020 i remember oh the health secretary's got, <laughs> got COVID. <laughs> he's a dedicated oh. follower of fashion tom that's uh, brilliant this is this yeah. is fantastic speaking of things that might not be available in uh, the u.s did you know that ribena is not available in the u.s I didn't know that, no. But yeah. why did you know that? Uh, I was I saw a video about it uh, today, in fact, of a, a, a girl trying Ribena for the first time. Uh, she didn't realise it was uh, a concentrate and had to be diluted with water, so she drank it straight from the bottle. Um, <laughs> obviously, she's just drinking syrup, basically. So uh, she she got quite a rude awakening. But oh, that's amazing! Yeah. Uh. So this was on TikTok. So then you just had the, yeah. the TikTok chat just absolutely roasting her for not mixing it. <laughs> uh, well, I was about to say if this was on TikTok because I'm like I'm not on TikTok, but I'm occasionally exposed to to good TikToks on like Twitter. And there yeah. was an American girl on TikTok who was uh, checking out like various UK like food places, like high street places where you can get a coffee basically like greg's starbucks whatever and she went into and you guess what place this is she went into one and announced her arrival in said places having arrived at a cafe naru which you know other than being my favorite pokemon is also an excellent coffee shop yeah 
Was that in uh, Worcestershire? Uh, probably, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Leicestershire. Or uh, Luga Baruga. Uh, yeah, Luga Baruga. Yeah, Luga Baruga's Café Naru is top, <laughs> top draw. Uh, <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, Josh, the uh, correspondence in general that we've had of actual substance. Yes. Do you want to take that one? Yeah, uh, so this is uh, Mr. Ben writing in once again. Thank you very much. First off, uh, did Tom purposefully stand around people in order to get a track and trace notification so he wouldn't have to do the same studio recording? Is that true, Tom? Is there any uh, validity to this claim? I I would like to refute this claim. This is absolutely not the case whatsoever. I'd only just got used again to actually finding the studio, having got lost (laughs) on my initial return. Uh, I got there uh, for week two, and pretty efficiently, I would say. I got there in good time. I found the place immediately. I didn't need the doorman. I didn't walk past it. It was all smooth, smooth operation. And now, you know, I'm worried. A week away, you, if you I did, uh, if I come back next week, I'll get I'll get lost again. That is true. I did leave the house without my microphone the first time, so I did. That's true, actually. So I am yet to have a completely seamless journey to the studio uh, since March of last year. So this week was an opportunity really to really prove myself that I was back and ready to do it all over again. And obviously that hasn't happened, but maybe (laughs) next week I will get to the studio in good time in a seamless manner and be able to record the podcast uh, to the highest possible standards rather than here in my absolutely Mordor-esque bedroom uh, having been up since half five and just generally yes. being miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Anyway, get on with it, Josh. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it, it goes on. Uh, also, how do you feel about the long-standing $70 cost for Fast Pass at Islands of Adventure, uh, which is one ride. Uh, so you get one go on each ride. Uh, you you cannot go on repeat times for that $70. It's a good question. I've got a lot of time for this question. I should point out that it's not $70. Uh, it, it, it says $70, but it's $70 plus tax, as it always is in America. They don't add oh, tax. Of course. Um, so it's what, like, I think it's like 10%-ish, 8%-ish. So it's like 77 bucks, um, which yeah. is a complete rip, quite frankly. I, I've never felt the need to buy it. I don't know nope, if that will change that. anytime soon. It's a, it's ridiculous. And if, if you do feel like you want to spend that 70 bucks. For, for some reason I would say stretch to the uh, if you are going to do it for some mad reason stretch to the $90 version which gets you unlimited rides best value best value yeah TM uh, yeah. which is actually like again it's like 99 bucks so it's 22 bucks per, extra per person if you, you know also tax, what's roughly. a good way of spending 70 bucks at Islands of Adventure and I can uh you know, I am living proof of this. Is the if they even still do it? Actually, I don't know. This is the uh, truly outstanding, high quality, uh, worthy, frankly, of being sort of Hollywood level CGI photo shoot that you can do in the uh, sort of done up photography store. In uh, actually, this might be universal. This might be a diagonally thing. But there is a yeah. green screen room in one of the shops there, yes, which it is we were. Which we, which I was tempted into one year like a total sucker. I mean, this is like naive kid, you know, uh, who's just turned 18, walking through a sleazy part of town and without realising... Actually, wait, I'm conjuring this stupid image in my mind. I mean, this almost literally happened to me, of course, the infamous story of me looking for somewhere to watch Arsenal and ended up in the red light district of Singapore. Yeah, so yeah, this literally yeah. happened to me. Uh, just for clarity, I didn't go the whole hog that time and end up in... <laughs> <laughs> and end up with a nice lady or, or or otherwise in the red light district of Singapore. However, on this occasion in Diagon Alley, I absolutely did end up going all the way and spent $70 that I'll never get back on a stupid highlights video of me waving in, in ridiculous <laughs> Harry Potter scenes uh, to a quality that frankly isn't dissimilar from the uh, photo backgrounds on, on, on Final Cut. Not Final Cut. What's the thing on the Max, you know, the photo thing that you can do on there? Um Oh, photo God. booth is it photo booth it's yeah, basically maybe. basically looks like that but it's harry potter so you're standing there and the guy's like oh wave you know wave look happy 
and and then you you watch the DVD that you've paid seventy bucks for when you get home. Oh, and it's like oh, we're on the platform at, at Hogsmeade, waving people goodbye when they're going back home. You know that kind of thing. And it stuck with me all these years because the guy was so stunned by the enthusiasm with which we took part in these stupid skits <laughs> that he was absolutely dying. And his name was Jonathan. And it just so happens a shout out to Jonathan, uh, who worked in the photography shop in Diagon Alley in maybe like 2014 or something like that. Just so happened that on that particular day, as sometimes happens, we were asked on the way out of the theme park by a member of staff who had like those survey forms. Oh, yeah. And one of the questions was, oh, was there any particular member of staff that made your day extra special today? And frankly, normally we go through a day at the theme park. I've got... I haven't got the faintest idea of what anyone's name was who maybe served me a drink or just no, said good morning or whatever. No, nothing sticks. But Jonathan, I mean, he stuck with me for, for eight years. So, of course, he stuck with me until the end of that particular day. And I like to think that Jonathan maybe runs the theme park at this point. He's built yeah, his way up from that moment, you know, from the praise that yeah. we gave him for that for that particular day. Epic Universe was his idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is that a better value for money? I don't know. I, I would say no, personally. <laughs> but it uh, made Jonathan's day, Josh. Made, made Jonathan's, Jonathan's career. Day. Yeah, fair Jonathan, play. Jonathan has to work for about three weeks to earn that 70 bucks in his <laughs> wage, I would imagine. Um, uh, Jonathan didn't see a penny of that. No. What I would say uh, is... <laughs> Going back to the topic at hand, uh, the <laughs> we go from we go for more than half an hour. Yeah, uh, the heat's driven me mad. Yeah, understandable. The heat and the uh, isolation. I've gone insane. <laughs> I I think that Universal Express passes are there more as a uh, incentive for the hotels. Because if you stay at one of the premier category Universal hotels, you get the unlimited express pass for like included in your ticket. So if that's, I think that's like Portofino, um, Hard Rock, and one other maybe. I can't, I can't remember which ones are there. You know, premier category uh, or something like that. Um, as part of this, I thought I'd pick out some other options that are available at other parks. Um, where they have Ooh. unlimited express pass type things that you also shouldn't pay for. Um, <laughs> starting off, uh, hometown, sort of, but not really, uh, Thought Park. £45 for uh, the five of your favourite coasters. So you get to go on uh, Colossus, Nemesis, Inferno, The Swarm, Stealth and Saw the Ride. Uh, you can go on all of those. Uh if you want for £45 uh, express or fast track as they like to call it or you can get the Un Island Unlimited fast track which is as it says on tin Unlimited fast tracks for £80 best value TM that includes um, King Pig Wild Hog Dodgems um, <laughs> Angry Birds 4D experience as well oh baby yeah so that £80 well worth it Absolutely. Going uh, elsewhere, uh, back across the pond to Bush Gardens, Tampa. They have uh, the Quick Queue system, uh, which they have uh, three prizes for. They got Quick Queue Junior for the kids. They got Quick Queue, uh, which allows you to skip the lines once per ride. That costs you seventy bucks plus tax. And then you've got <laughs> Quick Queue Unlimited Best Value. It actually says Best Value on their website. Uh, oh, oh boy! Yeah, which is. Uh, 70 bucks and it's uh as it says on the tin unlimited uh and then throwing a curveball out there six flags uh i picked magic mountain as the example because that's obviously the best three ninjas film out there they have something called the flash pass which is a uh interesting take on uh that's that, the flash pass is what you use to skip the queues in the red light district in yeah, singapore it's true <laughs> uh but actually you know that could be quite beneficial actually because how the flash pass works is different the more money you pay, the quicker you get on the ride. Uh, so if you get the bronze value, which is 55 bucks per person, uh, then you cool. reduce your queue time by 25%. Uh, get the gold pass at 85 bucks per person. Uh, that's 60% you take off your queue. But if you pay a whopping $125 each plus tax, 
you get to knock off 90% of your queue time. That's the Platinum Pass, baby. I mean, at that point, do you know what just a ticket costs to get in uh, to the park? To the park? I can quickly look that up right now. A well, I was just thinking, I mean... One day ticket costs you... F- 45 bucks plus tax. 45 bucks. And, and then the gold pass is what? 100 and what? Uh, the gold pass is 80 bucks, but the platinum pass is 125 bucks. Sorry, the platinum pass. So you're looking yes. at what? 170 bucks to get plus in tax. and get your platinum pass to cut the queues yeah. by 90%. Mm. Uh, which means you could be done. <laughs> you could be done <laughs> in like three hours. Then what do you do? Then who, who wins? Who's the winner then? Oh, I've just um, paid to spend less time in the theme park that's already cost me an arm and a leg to get in and then to skip all yeah. these queues that I thought were a waste of time. Turns out it's kind of the bulk of the time you spend in a theme park. You're kind of going not to queue, but prepared to queue. Yeah. You know, you, you soak it up. I, I get, you know, maybe in the in the current era, the COVID era, you, I can understand you might be a bit more skittish, I must admit. Even I, I, I do flip-flop on how I feel about covid restrictions moving forward i must admit i i sound quite hypocritical sometimes um sometimes i think oh let's move on with life you know uh we vaccinated everyone that needs it uh, you know what we're we doing other times i'm thinking oh god i'm a bit nervous about all this and i saw some pictures of like rope drop at disneyland this week and i looked at them and thought jesus christ i want nothing to do with that that looks terrible yeah uh, just just thousands of people bunged up you know it's uh doesn't look fun yeah, the baseball had their uh, all-star game uh, in the week, uh, and that was at Colorado, I believe, and it was just, it was full house. It was like, this is, there are too many people on top of each other right there. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, Six Flags does this thing that they do at the UK parks, where on the website they go, hey, if you buy on the door, it's, it's in Six Flags prices. 90 bucks a person but if you buy it now on the website it'll be 45 bucks so bargain think, yeah bargain bargain, bargain. you buy well, you get one free yeah absolutely uh, well some good research there josh and just talking about uh you know uh thing park um uh, talking about thought park sorry there uh in terms of um their, their, their extra ticketing options for skipping rides and whatever. And having spoken earlier and mentioned the fact that masks masks are back in vogue in parts of California and therefore at some of the theme parks, just got me thinking and got me to check on a whim here what they what Thought Park and therefore I assume all the other Merlin places are saying ahead of uh, Monday, which day of release of the podcast, but uh, the day Freedom Day for England in terms of Festive coronavirus, um, which when masks cease to be legally required and i just thought i'd check what their stance is on masks uh, from from the 19th of july and they say this uh, whilst legal restrictions will be lifted from the 19th of july uh, we want to ensure we can offer you the best possible experience we continue to have additional hygiene and safety measures in place throughout our resort including enhanced cleaning hand sanitizer increased ventilation and some suggested social distancing markers in our indoor attractions or locations and in high footfall areas you will still see some signage stating face coverings recommended which will be dipl- displayed at entry points into these areas you may also continue to see ppe uh, and clothing for some of our staff staff our teams are encouraged to maintain high levels of hygiene and they may may wish to continue wearing a face covering whilst working most notably when in indoor locations to allow for social distancing and additional cleaning in our covid secure venue we have reduced the number of guests that we let into the resort each day and all guests must pre-book their tickets prior to arrival i'm I'm, i'm genuinely surprised that they're keeping the capacity caps and the requirement to pre-book because I have seen, uh, I think most recently, Bush Gardens in uh, Tampa say that they are now not requiring you to pre-book. You can just turn up. So it feels like places like theme parks uh, around the world are starting to move away from that, but Thought Park and therefore, as I say, I think all Merlin places are going to stick with that. And then, yeah, on the face masks, they're not going to require them, which they absolutely could do, even though it's not the law, obviously, with it being private property. They are absolutely within their rights to tell you to put a face mask on, but they're not going to. They're just going to suggest you do in those indoor locations. So uh, is yeah. that about as much as you would have expected? Yeah, I think um, I would. Ex- I've, I expected them kind of like you were saying how 
I expect I kind of expected them to just be yeah, just crack on full capacity. No one cares anymore, sort of mentality. But I guess they are taking a stance where they've got to try and stay open as best as possible. So having mm. a reduced capacity still, um, even at, even if it's I don't know ninety percent instead of a hundred percent, maybe spreads people out a bit more. And yeah, I think I've said maybe not on the podcast, but I don't expect anyone to f- follow or people will try to not follow the rules of places as much as possible. They're already, like, breaking the law, people regularly, you know, on the trains or whatever, not wearing face masks as it stands. So when it stops becoming law, I can't imagine... I think it would be quite hard for staff to regulate that. So it almost makes their lives easier if they don't have to manage it. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like we are very much moving in line with what has been the approach in America for a long time at this point, which I think is, I'm sure will be corrected if I'm wrong here, but I I don't believe masks have ever been a legal mandate in America. I don't think you'd ever get away with that. I think maybe they have been on like government property for a period of time, but they've never been, you know, a, a legal requirement anywhere else. But of course you have had businesses... Uh, make them a requirement on their property which is why you've ended up with some of those awful scenes over the past year of uh, arseholes turning up to Disney World saying I ain't wearing a mask it's an infringement on my rights and giving cast members all sorts of grief even though it's well within Disney's rights to uh, to uh, enforce masks yeah so 100%. yeah we, we're kind of moving in that direction the only difference is that we have a fast-spreading Delta variant to uh, contend with. And America don't have quite so much of that right now. Although I'm sure you'll get it soon. Spoilers. It's coming for you too. It's coming. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that'll be it for correspondence in, correspondence in general, which means I can play that sweet, sweet music once again. All right. Well... I think this has happened before. I've gone into a Park Rush podcast thinking, oh, there's not much news. We'll scrabble something together and we'll be in and out of here in half an hour. It's been 45 minutes, which is already longer than a lot of episodes and we have yet to get to the news. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I am so sorry. Yeah, sorry. This has become a... In the the down days, it just becomes a general uh, ramble and uh, complaining podcast, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we interrupt this uh, theme park podcast for general chit chat and grievances. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way. I, 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 I would argue that Park Rush is at its best when it's not about theme parks. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. You know, take that as you will. Yeah. Just what pay that us says five about bucks the show. A month. So, uh. <laughs> absolutely. Pay us five bucks a month, and we'll do another podcast of chit chat, so that the theme park stuff is just pure. You know. Yeah. And then the theme park podcast will only be, take about 12 minutes a week. And we'll have an hour-long <laughs> chit-chat one on the side. So you have to pay and for it. it'll be every other week. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, what have I got here? Not a ton, to be honest. But I thought the biggest news, and uh, I don't know, you know I've read uh, far more you know, measured takes on this than uh, we will probably be able to provide, to be honest. But uh, Disney are moving their theme park division headquarters to Florida from california now i must confess i would i'm when i read this i was kind of surprised that that wasn't already the case but that wasn't already the case and so this new campus that they're gonna slowly move people to over the course of the next year and a half or so is going to end up being home for about two thousand people some cast members maybe most significantly imagineers uh, and then, you know, I'm sure other like admin staff and business like business types and whatnot. This is a situation, as far as I understand it, where basically the cast members who Disney deem need to be at this p- new headquarters in Florida, uh, they're just going to damn well tell them. And I would <laughs> imagine that if it's not viable for those staff members and they don't want to up- uplift their entire life and go and live in crazy town, they will just, I guess have to let have to be let go you know and there'll be some sort of mutual termination and they will be looking for somewhere else to work i always have massive sympathy for people obviously when that kind of thing happens but are you are you surprised by this josh and why do you think they would even be doing it i i'd imagine it's all about dare i say it saving money somehow i can't believe you'd even suggest that tom 
I know. So uh, obviously there's been a bit of a shake-up with the management, with uh, the bald guy moving up and out and whatever. Oh, Lex Luthor. Yes, Lex Luthor. Um, mm. uh, Hank from Breaking Bad. So, and uh, like, I can't, I can't remember, isn't, isn't the head of theme parks and everything? Oh, more, um, Josh Damaro. Yeah, isn't he more Disney World side? Right, so. He was right, and then he and then he he was like head of Disney World, right? And now he's moved up, so I guess he's now yeah. based in LA. Maybe this is all for his benefit. Maybe he's like, yeah. I was all right living in Florida, to be honest. Can I drag I'm, everyone else over here? I'd imagine and he's like, like, yeah, sure. My my family all lives in Florida, and also it would be cheaper, and everyone yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, my, my family live in Florida. It sure would be convenient if I could also live there. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it wouldn't be cheaper. <laughs> oh, this guy's onto something. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Maybe we should, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. get everybody out over there. Cheaper, you say? Say that again. Cheaper. That means cheaper. less money and we keep more money. Yeah. Lex right? Luthor's doing a Scrooge McDuck. Laugh yeah, way absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably part of it. Um kind of sucks for anyone that is going to be let go. I'm sure there will be quite a number of people that just can't do that move, make that move. Uh, I don't, I'd imagine for a lot of people who are maybe uh, in certain roles where moving to the middle of Florida just doesn't make f- sense, you know, because mm. uh, the job market just isn't there if you get let go or if you want to move on or that sort of thing. So, if you, so at some point it becomes even sensible to take severance and uh, get a job uh, get a job elsewhere that where the market is you know if you're in sort of a, a tech role moving to the middle of Florida just isn't going to really cut it uh, whereas being in California really helpful yeah uh, I think the, the, the key concern I think is that you know I mean Disney have already obviously as we've talked about a, a few times on the podcast over the past year they've let a lot of people go over the course of the pandemic yeah. and uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come the way they treat their staff, I think, is questionable to put it to put it mildly at times. And you worry about Imagineering. Obviously, everyone who watched the Imagineering story last year and saw them put up on this pedestal, and I think were rightfully kind of heralded as being incredible and key parts of the Disney theme park experience for all these years. And you do worry about, you know whether or not they're going to be given the investment that they need to stay on top of their game. And then also, yeah, like you say, what proportion of them are going to see this move as being unviable and how much talent ends up being let go, whether that ta- <clears throat> whether that talent can be replaced in a, uh, a proper way. Uh, one thing that I picked out from this article that, uh, on Theme Park Insider, which I did find interesting, in the context of this is that Universal Creative are, be- are based in Orlando. So I wonder if this might actually end up being a situation where you see more talent swapping between the two than you might have done previously. I mean, Universal Creative have kind of been upping their game over the course of the last just over a decade, I would suggest, I think, since the Harry Potter stuff started arriving. It's kind of in a lot. Of, it's been a lot of bangers again and yeah. again like a few duds obviously everyone knows about Fast and the Furious and to a, oh, maybe boy. to a slightly lesser extent Jimmy Fallon I don't care for that <laughs> but when they bring it they bring it right like the Harry Potter stuff is incredible whether you think about Harry Potter uh, like objectively speaking that stuff is pretty amazing Velocicoaster yeah. people are unbelievably positive about I, I That's a beaut. Can't, it looks like a beaut I just can't can't remember the last time I saw such positive reception to a, to a roller coaster, and uh, and there's been other stuff as well. And obviously they've got Epic Universe in the works. So I wonder if um, you might, you know, if if you've worked at Universal Creative for a long time because you're ba- and you're based in Orlando, would Disney relocating? Would you end up? Would would you ever end up thinking, oh, I could, I could go over to Disney, like prove myself there, or, or a Universal scene is kind of the place to be now? I don't know. Well, you got to think. You got to remember that a lot of the people that did the stuff at Universal uh, sort of came from Disney in the first place when Disney let a lot that of is, people go. That's true. So be interesting to see for sure. Uh, speaking of Universal, just another a quick bit here, which I, I thought, I don't know, maybe is, um, I don't know, I think maybe I was looking into this a little bit too much when I first pulled the news story. No. But uh, Universal will have announced two new mazes for their Halloween Horror Nights events this year in Orlando and Hollywood. Uh 
you've got the Bride of Frankenstein coming, uh, and you've also got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and in the specific case of Frankenstein, I, I just wondered whether, you know, the, the, this kind of commitment to the classic monsters, bringing them front and centre, all those rumours swirling still about a classic monsters land, an epic universe. Uh, not long before the pandemic struck, there were people talking about how much more classic monster merch there was around the place. Uh, even in Singapore, I can rep- I could report firsthand that, yes, there was lots of classic monster merch at Universal in Singapore. And maybe this is, you know, a sign of uh, another sign, another hint towards the classic monsters taking on an even greater role in the theme parks moving forward because they're going to have a big part at Epic Universe. But maybe I'm looking too much into it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think they always bring classic some classic monster stuff to Halloween Horror Nights. Um, mm, yeah, I'm sure they do. But, you know, it's it's always good to see some Frankenstein stuff there. Um, still, still hoping for some really good stuff to come out of Epic Universe mm. in regards to the classic monsters. It could be some really great stuff if they pull it off. Uh, we touched on it last week, basically just checking in to say, hey, this is happening, and it has now happened. The... Uh, Jungle Cruise, now free of racism, has has officially opened uh, at Disneyland. As of recording, it was yesterday, on Friday the 16th. So uh, I have not yet had a chance to watch any uh, sort of on-ride videos. I, I wonder no, if there are so. any sort of before and afters out there. That That's a video that should be made if it doesn't yet exist. Side-by-side. Uh, side. It cool. would be interesting, Gen- yeah, side-by-side, side, yeah. Do you know those photos that some people do with side-by-sides and they've got the, like, the line that you can like drag across to oh, see the yeah, differences? Yeah. Yes. It'd be cool if someone could somehow do a video version of that. I think that would be cool, like, or like really when, cool. like the uh, Halo remaster from one of the, those years ago, where you press a button and it swaps to the old yeah. Halo graphics. That'd be sick. That would be cool. Yeah, talking about Jungle Cruise, I think real quick, uh, should point out. Yeah, two days time, Tom. Behind the attraction comes yes, out on comes Disney to, Plus. Comes to Disney Plus. Is it? Or if, is it every episode immediately, or is it um, week by week? Oh, I'm just reading. I'm just looking. It is every episode, which is unusual for Disney oh, Plus. But it awesome. is every. Yeah, I'm just reading. A, I, I read this earlier, and I just pulled it up again. Uh, Stephen Libby, who was on the show a few weeks ago, to talk us through Avengers Campus. Uh, so shout out to him. He writes for Cinema Blend, and he's written. A, uh, he's had a preview of the uh, behind the attraction, which he speaks very highly of. Uh, and I recommend you uh, check out his article. You can find him on Twitter. And uh, yes, at the bottom of said article, he does um, say that all episodes of the new series uh, debut on Disney Plus on July 23rd. Uh, and, and the kind of theme running through the article is the fact that it, the show is not afraid to poke fun of itself, which I think is nice. And it, is, it's very, it will be very different tonally to the Imagineering story, which at times wasn't afraid to kind of get into the nitty gritty and maybe some of the sort of dirty side of the Disney thing part business but broadly was quite you know it was quite suit and tie and very serious this seems like it's uh it's the imaginary story after a few few cheeky drinks and uh slit his hair down a bit you know and, and I wonder <laughs> as well with Dwayne Johnson being a producer and his involvement in the Jungle Cruise film whether some of that Jungle Cruise spirit has has kind of informed the tone of the show and it being a bit you know, more free and uh, and willing to riff and take the mick out of itself and out of Disney at large, much as Jungle Cruise, uh, the skippers on Jungle Cruise do sometimes. You can only hope, right? Certainly can. What have you got if not hope, Josh? It's uh, the hope that kills you. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find that article by Stephen, by the way, I said go and look at his Twitter without actually saying what his Twitter was. His Twitter is at child with an E on the end, underscore Dirk. That's at child with an E at the end, underscore Dirk. Uh, good write-up, highly recommend. The only other thing I saw, it's nothing to do with theme parks, Josh, other than the fact that I just, well, there are shark-related rides uh, that are, of course, historic when it comes to theme parks and also that still exist in some parts of the world. Jaws does still exist in Japan, doesn't it? And there are shark-themed roller coasters at SeaWorlds around the place. Uh, did you yep. know... Did you know that shark attacks are to be rebranded as negative encounters? <laughs> Wait, what? In, a, in an attempt to change the predator's image as a man-eating monster. So, you know, sharks, I think, generally, I mean, obviously, like, the state of the oceans is a huge concern and of growing concern all the time because of, how, because of what we are doing to our own planet. 
And I think people, uh, it's the type of thing, right, where day to day people don't give a shite about the ocean. You can tell that by the way people act. Look at how many bloody face masks people just drop around the place. Maybe that's why we should get rid of them. <laughs> but uh, I think generally speaking, if you sit people down in front of a, of a heartfelt video and say something like, look at the dolphins, they've got they're caught on a Coke bottle, they're going to die. People go, oh, no, not the dolphins. They might want to do something about it. If you showed them a video of a shark, getting tangled up in a net and maybe dying most people would probably be like well damn damn good thing i'd say that's jaws you know screw jaws christ and i think this is basically an effort by conservationists to be like hey don't think so ill of of sharks man you know have some sympathy and so therefore shark attacks which you know connotations speak for themselves violent bloodthirsty acts are now going to be uh, negative encounters, which I think is very funny. And I hope is applied to all... I assume it's going to be applied to all walks of life now, Josh, you know. Um, oh, someone yeah, was sure. murdered, uh, did you hear? Someone was murdered down the street the other day. Whoa, 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 you mean they had a negative encounter with someone, my friend? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, actually, is there not a, a, a restaurant at SeaWorld called Shark Encounter or something like that? Am I making that up? Uh, maybe that'll yeah. have to be renamed. That have to be renamed now to make it less terrifying. <laughs> Just call it negative encounter. Just negative encounter, yeah. Maybe not a great positive name for a restaurant. Positive encounter. Positive encounter, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, there's I'm kind of a bit <laughs> off topic, but there's two uh, whales off the coast of Africa that bully. Sharks, just wow! Absolutely, just absolutely go around terrorising them. I did not uh, expect this podcast to become like. I mean, what did a shark tell us to say this or what? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're in the uh, Royal Society yeah. for the Protection of Sharks. Yeah, uh, it's like a it's like, what's his name, Bruce from Finding yeah. Nemo. Bruce Fish is uh, our friends. He called us up. Listen, mate. <laughs> Humans. I got some very friends, powerful friends. Fr- Sharks are friends, not food. And I've got some very powerful friends, so you better damn well tell everyone else. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, there's some two, there's two whales called Port and Starboard because they're like, uh, is it called a dorsal fin? The one on top, one of them flops yeah, one right. way and the other one flops the other way. So it's like one flops port, one flops starboard. And yeah, they just terrorise sharks that are uh, you know, oh, wow. migrating up the west coast of uh, Africa. Just a bunch of bullies. Yeah. See, that's the side of the story that Blackfish didn't want to show you, Josh. <laughs> this is why those kinds of documentaries needs to be held under greatest scrutiny. Everyone took it at face value. Turns it's out true. SeaWorld's right to be torturing the bastards. They're evil. <laughs> They're evil, evil creatures. Tell us where you hid the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. God, I'm sweaty. It's disgusting. Feels like I've walked around a theme park. That's how I feel right now. There's no aircon in here. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah that's a, that'll do you. Anyway, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take leave and have a cold, cold shower. I think so. Uh, let's wrap it up, Josh. Unless you have anything to add. Uh, one thing, Tom. One thing. Uh, oh, why would you rob me of this cold, cold shower? Just. I uh, wanted to hold you from it even longer just to uh, frustrate you. Uh, London oh. Resort, though, Tom. Have they announced uh, that they are rebranding their upcoming shark attraction? <laughs> yes. Um, no, unfortunately not. Uh, the landowners object to the uh, SSSI status for the theme park site. Who'd have guessed? Uh, so Natural England came out and said that they were going to label this site a site of special scientific interest. Um, and the developers of the London Resort have accused the body of trying to frustrate uh, its plans to build the two theme park and four hotel site. Oh, who would have thought? Yeah, the bloody hippies. The 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 uh, giant uh, company called Swanscombe Development LLP, which is a partnership of uh, two uh, of a cement giant called Lafarge Holcim and mining company Anglo American. Uh, uns- Unsurprisingly, I guess, because they're going to make loads of money from it, have uh, come out in support of the theme park because they're the ones that currently hold the land and will be selling the land to the theme park. And the Epsleet Development Corporation, uh, set up by the government to build 15,000 homes in the area, um, have also raised objections because they own some of the land as well. Sorry, so raised objections to the uh, SSI status, you mean? Uh, that's what it seems like, yes. Um, oh, okay. I well, would say the this, government, this article is not the government, brilliantly worded. But. The government set up a uh, development corporation opposed to the SSSI or whatever. 
that's probably a, a well depending on which side of the fence you're on yes a good sign or a bad sign for the prospects of this theme park being approved eventually by the government yeah. so um yeah we'll see like I said, my long-held dream and, frankly, suspicion that this will be announced at the end of a COVID press conference uh, remains. That's <laughs> still where I'm putting all my eggs in that yeah. particular basket. That's, that Fingers crossed. We can only hope. Yeah. That is well, it for me, though, Tom. That is it. I'm, I'm glad to hear it because, as I say, I'm very hot and sweaty and we've been going, frankly, far too long. It's true. Uh, and far longer than a podcast with this particular lineup on my notes here particularly deserved i mean the first four lines of my notes and bear in mind again that this podcast has taken well over an hour and also i think it took us about half an hour to get through these four bullet points which were <laughs> i've been pinged covid is everywhere charlie's birthday sea of thieves <laughs> we didn't talk about sea of thieves and that all took 40 minutes <laughs> yeah that's very true anyway theme park news right who needs theme park news? Who needs a studio? Turns out we're our best when we have neither of those things. <laughs> uh, but next week we'll be back in the studio and hopefully with some theme park news. I'll, I'll get pinged next week. Just this so is probably unsustainable. Yeah, you, you probably will get pinged, actually. You'll get pinged when we see uh, Space Jam 2, which will be our first. The rules are gone in everyone for themselves. Cinema <laughs> trip. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, which will be um, obviously very much looking forward to. I mean, what a way to go. What a way to potentially contract a fatal disease yeah. uh, than while seeing Space Jam 2. As long as I, yeah, as long as I get to watch uh, Jaws and Jurassic Park uh, in August, I'm, I'm all good. That's July, Josh. That's oh, that July? sooner than you think. Oh, yeah, that is God. soon. That is the 30th of July. In fact, the only... I'm very much looking forward to that. And the only downside... Well, there are two downsides as far as I can see. One, the fact that that screening is going to be full. And yeah. I must admit, I think I'm going to... And, and that will be full. Like, I I think the cinema uh, social distancing thing is a bit of a red herring because it's very rare that you go to the cinema in normal times and it's that full because there are so many screen times and so many cinemas and uh, most of the time, so many films that it's rare that you're in a packed cinema. Like unless you're going opening night to a big or opening weekend to a big big film, then then it will be packed. And frankly, you're probably booking that particular time because you want to be in a packed cinema because it can be, it can add to the experience. But generally, cinemas aren't that packed. But this particular cinema that shows only classic movies, uh, I would expect to be actually quite full. And so that might be uh, make me feel a bit anxious. Uh, and then the other downside of that particular plan that we have to see those films on the 30th is that it means we will not be able to see Jungle Cruise on opening night because it clashes Ugh. which maybe in our role as theme park journalists we should have thought of frankly and maybe we uh, haven't done right by our by our it's, jobs it's, or, or our fans it's Jaws and Jurassic Park man <laughs> <laughs> but, but Jungle Cruise Josh it's it, we have a whole series dedicated to theme park film reviews and they required us to go to the very, very dark corners of the internet to find copies of some of those. Uh, and this is this is this is a rare thing—a theme park film at the cinema. It's the first one in a in a long time, other than it's, like weird stuff like Wonder Park that doesn't count. So you know, this is a big deal, and we are not going to be able to provide instant analysis. We, it's going to be at best twenty-four hours later. So. It's a, it, it's a Jaws Jurassic Park double bill, man. I mean, that is just about the best double bill you could hope for, right? I mean, yeah. I think the only double bill that maybe tops that in my mind is, I don't know, a really, really beautifully cooked fillet steak <laughs> and then Lily James comes round. Oh, no, isn't she? She's a... She's a I don't know. She's she's a wrong one, isn't she? She's, is she's she? Been, uh, she's been... Has she, she been cancelled, as the kids say? I don't know. I've cancelled her. She's but she was. Oh no! She was uh, schmoozing with a with a fella during lockdown that was cheating on. Uh, oh, there's a whole whole load of cheating going on, and she was involved. Oh no! Not about that life. Okay. Well, we'll substitute her for Emma Stone. Is she cancelled yeah. or is she all right? Still? No. Is she good? She's all right. She's all good. Excellent news. Well, there you go. On record, there we go. The top yeah. two double bills in the world. Our fillet steak and Emma Stone and Jaws and Jurassic Park. <laughs> and with that, we shall begin to leave. As I yeah, said earlier, you can, <laughs> you can stay in touch with the show podcast at parkrush.com 
or by tweeting us at Parkrush Podcast. You can find every episode at parkrush.com or on your preferred podcasting app. And as we said as well, we will perhaps be uh, streaming some more Sea of Thieves this week. You can watch the uh, reruns of that if you've missed the first three episodes at newhighscore.co.uk. If you want to watch live, best just to keep an eye out on our Twitter feed. But if you want to know first that we're live, then you can subscribe on Twitch. What is the channel, Josh? Uh, my Twitch channel is Beastly Dartfordian. Beastly Dartfordian. That is where you can watch our Sea of Thieves streams live. But yeah, as I say, they're on demand at newhighscore.co.uk. Thanks very much, everyone. Uh, stay safe out there. I say it every week. I really do mean it. But I was also about to say don't get pinged. Frankly, it's not down to you. The <laughs> chances are we're all going to get pinged at some point. It just... Uh, it just kind of depends if you choose to ignore it. But until next week, we'll see you. Goodbye. Keep dancing. <laughs>